The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is being... Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I have with me my very special guest, Joan Ortiz. Joan, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Marie, for having me. We're excited to be here. For those of you who might not know, uh, Joan Ortiz, RN, IBCLC, is the owner of Limerick Incorporated in Burbank, California. Joan and her colleague, Dr. Michael Haight, had just published a very interesting survey in breastfeeding medicine. Now, for those of you who also might not have heard of breastfeeding medicine, it is my number one favorite for professional journal. So I was pretty excited to see this survey because it was about airports. And honestly, we all know that women who are breastfeeding often go back to work. And for a lot of women, it's not only breastfeeding and going back to work, it's breastfeeding and needing to return to a job where airport travel is part of what they do in a day. So I think that you'll find Joan's uh, survey pretty interesting. The uh, the thing that she came up with, which was her bottom line here, I was astonished to see that, I quote, only 8% of airports surveyed provided the minimum requirements for a lactation room. Although this number seems shocking, uh, the 8% part, all right, but before we talk about the details of what that number really represents, what that really means, I want to talk a little bit about the study itself. So, Joan, help us to know, uh, what got you motivated and fired up to do this study in the first place? Well, Marie, we um, provide workplace lactation programs uh, nationally, so we work with moms uh, early in their pregnancy and follow them all the way through until they wean. And we work with them very closely. We have uh, a lot of telephone contact with them. And so we're there every step of the way as they um, come up with different uh, issues. And one of the big issues that kept coming up was that, like you were, like you commented on, about them having to uh, travel for work. And so what we wanted to do was to help them out. And so we decided to survey um, the top 100 airports in, in the United States and um, develop a resource uh, so, that, uh, so that they would have something to refer to and help it make it a little bit easier for them when they are traveling. 
So, Joan, and, it and sounds to me like you were looking for a little hard data. Yes, we were looking for data just so we yeah. could tell them what airport offered what and where to go. Absolutely. And we listed that resource so um, anybody can go onto our website and see what the airports and how, uh, what, uh, which ones we surveyed and how they responded and um, where they would want you to go if you were a breastfeeding, uh, breast pumping, I should say, breast pumping mom. Sure. Okay. So the purpose then really was to determine which airports offer the minimum requirements for uh, breastfeeding, excuse me, breast pumping, and that's an important distinction to make. I almost misspoke there. Requirements for breast pumping. So what exactly are those requirements for a specially designated room for pumping, Joan? Well, we wanted to make it um, attainable. And so I think for a mom to be able to express her milk, she needs privacy. Um, and it needs to be a place other than a bathroom. We don't want to be pe- be preparing our food for our kiddos in a bathroom. Right. And um, we need a chair, a table, or some sort of countertop to put the, the breast pump on, and then an electrical outlet. That seems so reasonable. Yes. I, yes, I think it is. So you surveyed 100 airports. Tell us a little bit about how did you pick the airports? Uh, did you do the big airports, the little airports, coast to coast, domestic? Uh, to, how did you pick those airports? We did them all, basically. It was the top oh, okay. 100 passenger volume use oh, I uh, see. U.S. airports. And we, okay. we looked at those. Um, we surveyed them from December 2012 until March uh, 2013. And, and actually, the annual passenger usage ranged from 729,000 to 43 million. So that's Holy. a huge, huge, yeah. So but we had small airports in there and large airports and international airports, and it was all over the, the U.S. Yeah, I didn't catch that from the study. I didn't realize that when you said top 100, it was the top 100 in volume. So yes. that helps us to get a grip here on how you found those. So what was the question that you posed in your survey, Joan? So what we wanted to do is, um, the purpose for doing the survey was to initially call the airports and talk to their customer service representative to find out what their response would be to the moms. And so what we asked, um, and we let them know that we were representing working moms that, that, uh, that are in our program. And so we asked them if there was a pumping room or a designated breastfeeding area in the airport. Um, and if so, if they could describe it. And we also asked, um, is this location inside or outside the security checkpoint? And we asked them to indicate which of the following items were available for use in the pumping location, whether it had an electrical outlet, a sink, a chair, a bench, a counter, or a flat surface. surface. And then um, we asked, how do these moms find those pumping rooms? Mm. And we asked if they considered their um, airport breastfeeding friendly. And then what we did was uh, we sent our responses um, to the uh, airport uh, 
marketing people. So we gave them an opportunity to respond to what the customer service representative gave us. So we received some corrections on what was what the customer service represented to us. And so so we wanted to validate that. And we wanted yeah. to give those airports an opportunity to, you know, to represent themselves the best way possible. Joan, it sounds to me as though when you made the first call, that went to the customer service representative who presumably would be the person that the mother would get if she was calling. Exactly. And that's, yep. that's what we wanted to do. And then what you did in the kind of the second round was to call the marketing uh, people to make sure that what the, ser- what the customer service rep said to you was in fact on target. Correct. Yeah. That's exactly what we did. Okay. Um, how many actually of the of the airports, the 100 airports that you surveyed, how many of them actually had a place to pump other than the restroom? There were only eight airport or eight airports that had a specified lactation room. Yeah. I'm not surprised, as you probably know. Well, actually, Joan, it's why I couldn't get together with you last week is that I'm on the road quite a lot. And I do try to look at what goes on in the airport. And so in some senses, I'm not really surprised by what you found because that's often what I have found. I'm thinking, for instance, that I'm based here in Washington, D.C., or I'm just outside of D.C., but uh, just, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, I flew out of Reagan National and got a photo of it. Because I wanted to make sure that people understood that there's like this big um, thing on the door that says lactation or lactation room or something. But it's really just a, it's just a big stall in the ladies' room. Oh, yeah. So it's, it kind of sounds like that is what you came up against in your survey as well. So what I'm seeing at Washington Reagan is not terribly unusual from what your survey found as well. No, I think the majority um, of the the airports did consider the uh, either the handicap stall or the family restroom as the location that moms could go and express their milk. And and that that's it's it's not surprising. It's just unfortunate that yes. um, that they send moms to the restroom. Um, Joan, sixty-two percent of them, according to your survey, said that they considered considered themselves to be breastfeeding friendly. Yes. Did you did you define that, or did they just sort of tell you whatever it was that was in their own head of whether they considered themselves baby friendly or excuse me breastfeeding, breastfeeding friendly. Yeah. yeah no as i um, the the question was exactly what i um read to you which was would you consider your airport to be breastfeeding friendly yes. and so so i think that's a positive though in the sense that they are um supportive of of breastfeeding moms um mm-hmm. But I think the the like we we talked about a little bit earlier is there's a differentiation between a breastfeeding mom and a breast pumping mom. Absolutely. And, and that breastfeeding mom, yes, they can pretty much breastfeed anywhere, uh, but the breast pumping mom really can't be out in public and express her milk out in public. And so there's a definite need for those moms to have a private space 
um, to go to where they can feel safe and comfortable to be able to express their milk because in order to do that, you need to take off your shirt and expose <laughs> and, right. it's, and it's, you know, people aren't, you, people aren't going to want to see that and then people right. aren't going to be comfortable doing, expressing their milk in public. I just mentioned to a mother today that I was doing this show tonight, and I thought it was interesting what she said. She said, well, really, you know, when you've got your shirt off and you're pumping, that is really like the worst way that you would want somebody to catch you. Exactly. She was kind of saying that it didn't really bother her if people were looking at her while she was breastfeeding the baby, but somehow the idea of being exposed in a way that was not natural uh, and you've got all of the hustle bustle I, uh, Joan I can't help but tell you to another real pet peeve of mine is when we talk about the rest room we do anything except rest in the rest, the rest. room of the airport <laughs> for heaven's sakes it's the hurry up room you know? yes yes <laughs> it's like yeah. you're trying to get in there and get out of there and you've got your luggage and somebody else has got their luggage and and People are bumping into one another, and there are little kids who are, you know, four or five. And so you find yourself losing your balance while you're trying to do this as well. And then what the other stories that I've heard, too, is that these these moms go into the handicap stall to express their milk. And then there's a true handicap person waiting outside that stall to get in. And it's going to take them 15 minutes or 20 minutes to be able to pump and get through that whole session. And this poor other handicapped women can't go anywhere else they they need that that stall to be able to express their milk so you're you know it's 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 totally. it's unfortunate yeah. yeah it's just not a good situation all the way around hey everybody don't go away i'm marie biancuto i'm your host for born to be breastfed i have with me today joan ortiz talking about her recent survey of airports and uh mothers pumping or having an opportunity to pump in airports. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. 
Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And lucky me, lucky you, we have with us today my special guest, Joan Ortiz. Before we really go back to Joan's comments, I would just like to remind everyone that if you are looking for bras, bibs, blankets, cotton stuff, anything else that you can think of, whether you're a mother or trying to buy a cool thing for a mother, visit our friends at newangel.com. That is newangel, N-U-A-N-G-E-L.com. So, Joan, before we went to break, we were talking about really this uh, survey that you did that looks at determining which airports offer the minimum requirements for breast pumping. And you talked about those four things that were uh, sort of typically looked at as being the minimum requirements, the private space other than a bathroom, chair, table, and electrical outlet. So uh, you looked at those 100 airports, the ones that had the most amount of volume here in the U.S., 62% of them considered themselves to be baby-friendly. Interestingly, 37% reported having a designated lactation room. 25% considered the unisex-slash-family-slash-female restroom as a lactation room. And then finally, uh, 8% offered that private space other than a bathroom that did, in fact, have the electrical outlet, the table, and the chair. So I want to kind of break this down a little bit here because I'm thinking that if I'm a breastfeeding mother and if I live in the greater Washington area, which I do, we are required to be at the airport at least two hours ahead of our flight. And by the way, I can tell you there are times when I've barely made the flight when 
uh, I've gotten to the airport two hours ahead of time because there's so many people in this neighborhood. There's, in fact, one time I remember saying to the gate agent something like, is, is all well with the world? And she said, oh, yes, everything is fine. We're just trying to move 8,000 people through the airport. <laughs> Wow. Yes. As like, wow. So, you know, you you really can't, this is not like going shopping at the mall. You can't plan your time. You don't know how long it's going to take. You're not even actually on the time that you would like to be on. And oh, by the way, once you're in the airport, you're kind of there and you're there two hours ahead of your flight. If I were flying from here to San Diego, which I do, I've got a course coming up in February where I'm going to be going to San Diego. Uh, I got to be on the flight for five hours. So talk to us about when you say 8%, that's only eight out of a hundred actually had this private space. How many of those were in the secure area that is at the gate, which is where most of us hopefully spend most of our time? There there were only six of the eight that had um, lactation rooms in the secure area, which is, I know, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, it's it's great that they did that, but it's unfortunate that there's not more. And and you're right, you need to have that lactation room um, in the the secure area because that's when you kind of can relax. Once you get through security, you have that extra time and you want that mom to pump as close to her boarding time as possible so that she can be as comfortable as possible throughout that, uh, that that flight. Well, I'm also thinking that one time I was teaching my review course in, um, Portland, Oregon. Now, again, for me, that's pretty much a transcontinental flight. And I got to the airport at three o'clock in the afternoon for a five o'clock flight. And at 11 o'clock in the evening, our flight still hadn't taken off. Right. What that means is if I'm a lactating mother, I've had to pump several times by now. Right. This is a real issue. It is. It's a huge issue. Wow. So, so... Not to be bad-mouthing the airports here too much, but let's talk about those eight. Which were the eight that were really doing a good job with, in fact, offering lactation rooms to mothers? I think um, they're, they're all over, so I think that's really good. They're not just in one specific location. I know people think California tends to lead the way, um, but you'll, you'll see that they're all over the United States and, and um I'll start out with California, but San Francisco International is is one of the ones. And then Minneapolis, St. Paul International in Minnesota is another one. Uh, Baltimore, Washington International in Maryland. And oh. then and then again, we come back to California with San Jose International and then Indianapolis International in Indiana and Akron Canton Regional in Ohio and Dane County Regional in Wisconsin, and then Pensacola Gulf Coast Regional in, in Florida. So, wow. so there's a real spattering. And, and I think some, some of what's kind of interesting is how um, these airports got, uh, uh, were, became interested in, in providing those lactation rooms. And one story would be the San Jose one in that when they were building that new airport, it turned out that the mayor of San Jose was uh, a breastfeeding mom. And so she required that when they put in the new airport that they yeah. included lactation rooms. And She's got and some skin on the game here. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did, definitely. But at least she, she, understood, she understood the needs of those moms. So I yes. think that was really important. 
So, so do in order to get more, do we have to have a mayor always lactating? <laughs> but, you hopefully know, not. Hopefully that you know. The, hopefully the survey and will help um, bring awareness to awareness. this. And yes. then there's actually another um, avenue that that we can go to uh, to um, bring awareness, and that's the there's the airport um, council, and they do customer service surveys, and. Back in 2012, they did a customer service survey, and two of the airports put in that um, that they did have lactation rooms. So I okay. think that's that's kind of exciting that there was some awareness there. Um, but uh, I think that would be another avenue, and it's called the Airport Council International North America. And their mission is to advocate policies and provide services that strengthen the ability of airports to serve their passengers, customers, and communities. And so when they, they do these passenger surveys, service surveys of the airports, um, it would be good for us to advocate with the airports that, you know, we need these lactation rooms. Joan, I've never gotten one of those surveys. Have you? No, it's, it, they're done to the airport. It's, oh, oh, oh. I see. So, so if we bring that need to the airport, um, then they can start um, maybe eat. Well, if we let the airport council know that lactation rooms are needed, they may start putting that on the customer service survey. Absolutely. Making, and go ahead. Well, well, Joan, what I'm thinking is this is just like Dunkin' Donuts or any other place if if Dunkin Donuts has Wi-Fi you know that I or or anybody else I'm going to pull up there because they've got something that I want as a traveler mm-hmm. and all of those things have gotten into place because travelers want something or other and right. it seems like the airport council would be one of those that needs to uh, be a little bit more awake and aware of of what customers really are thinking. So Joan, tell us, in addition, I know that you got some, what I guess I would call hard numbers, but you also got some responses when you asked uh, the the airports to respond to your questions. Can you give us a couple of narrative examples of things that, that the customer representative or even the airport marketing person might have said? Yeah, the one that I really loved was from Pensacola Gulf Coast uh, Regional, and she was so excited about having a lactation room and that we called her about this, and she said that lactation rooms were more important than Wi-Fi. Wow. And so we thought, I, we just love that. We loved her, and we loved that comment, so that was yes. great. And I think, you know, on the other side of the coin was LaGuardia. When we um, talked to the marketing person there, it was a man, and he was very sensitive to the needs of the woman and realized that while they offered a room and it was a family restroom outside of security, he knew that they needed to do better. So I think there's real awareness out there, and and as we keep um, educating, and uh, there there's a uh, the cu- the customers and the passengers uh, keep um, you know saying that there's the need that yes. we're gonna we're gonna get change. Um, they they well, seem to want to make that make it accommodating for those moms. 
for anyone who was listening, I want to say around July. And if not, you can go back in the archives on the Voice America site, or you can also, many people I know, uh, subscribe by podcast. We interviewed a man and his wife who came out of New York City on their way to Orlando, Florida. And I'm almost sure that it was LaGuardia. And it might have been JFK. I can't remember. It was one or the other. So I'm wondering if the guy that you spoke with at LaGuardia was sort of extra sensitive about that because he'd already gotten uh, some negative feedback, shall we say. Uh, The woman that told her story on my radio show had a husband who blogged about it. And the husband was an attorney. Mm, and he was really quite articulate because the mother had really done what I would say was all of her homework. Where is it? How do I get to it? What's in it? Blah, blah, blah. And so she thought it was just going to be all super easy when she showed up at the airport and it was just horrific. So if Uh anybody wants to go back and hear from a different perspective, that show was really about what the mother and the father went through in order to do some pumping at the airport. So Joan, I, you know what, I did not give you time, but man, when we come back, I've got to ask you about some really, really simple ideas that you can help us with because we're going to need a little help there with, even if if all of this stuff could get up uh, to speed tomorrow, we still need some tips. So tell you what, we're going to take a short break. Everybody, don't go away. I'm with Joan Ortiz. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about airports. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. 
Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I have with me today Joan Ortiz, RN, IBCLC. Joan has been talking with us about airports. So, Joan, here's my question for you. If we could fix all of this, either voluntarily or with legislation, by tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, we still wouldn't actually have the changes in the airports made. So, if I'm taking out a flight tomorrow morning at 7.55, uh, can you give me some tips for how I'm going to make this work, despite the fact that the airports have very limited accommodations for lactating women? Sure. Um, I think one of the things would be to make sure that you have a backup power supply. So uh, you may want to uh, have on hand a rechargeable battery pack um, just in case you can't find access to electricity. Yep. Um, and then I think as far as where to find a place to pump, um, the, the, the big, the, I think the most helpful thing is to pick up the white courtesy phone and mm-hmm. ask the airport staff there, um, you know, where could I go and pump? And I wouldn't necessarily, you can ask for a lactation room, but if they say they don't have one or they direct you to the family restroom, you may ask, you know, do you have a quiet room, a prayer room or a conference room? that maybe you could use as a lactation room rather than that family restroom. And then one last tip would be, especially if you're traveling for work, a lot of times um, you can expense account the executive lounge and get the day pass for the executive lounge. And that's a little bit cleaner. And sometimes they do have a little conference room or a privacy room that you could go and express your milk. And I know some of the moms that we work with will just go and tell their story to the people in the executive lounge and they will let them use it just for the pumping and they don't, yeah, and they don't have to pay pumping. But that's, that's, those are some, I think, tips that can make it a little bit easier for them. Yeah, boy, I got to say, I never thought of the exec lounge, and I should have. I have heard of people who have pumped in the chapel and, you know, all sorts of other places that are not specifically designated. But, you know, whatever works, just go with it. Got to get it done. Yeah, Got to get it done, you know, because you really can't go around. Uh, And I I just want to make another point here, which uh, Joan didn't necessarily mention, but I'd also like to say that if you don't have battery backup or if your pump for whatever reason, can't work, doesn't have a place to be or whatever. This is a great example of how hand expression yes. 
is a wonderful option. You've always got your hands with you. And as a nurse and uh, an advocate for getting things done, I've often said any woman who has a need to get milk out of her breast needs to be able to use her hands. Exactly. She doesn't need to do it all the time, but she needs to know how. No, so, Joan, ex- talk with us a little bit about legislation. I know that legislation has been enacted for a variety of breastfeeding-related issues, but it's really important for all of us to remember that some legislation has been designated to protect the mother who is breast feeding, and other legislation is to protect the mother who is breast pumping. And even where it's related to breast pumping, it's important to make the distinction between the on-site Legis- the, the legislation that's been about the on-site protection of breast pumping versus the legislation that is more related to the off-site protection of breast pumping. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. 
That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuzzo, your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Joan Ortiz. Uh, Joan, there has been a lot of legislation around the um, the breastfeeding and the breast pumping issues. I'm thinking of things like uh, the circuit court, et cetera, et cetera. Can you kind of pull those apart for us and tell us what they really mean? Most people Sh- don't understand this very well. Sure. Um, first off, the U.S. has done an impressive job of passing laws to protect the woman's right to provide breast milk to her baby. Um, the The Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act amended the Fair Labor Standard Act, requiring employers to provide hourly wage nursing mothers reasonable break time and um, to provide a private place to express their milk other than a bathroom that shielded it from view and free from intrusion from their co-workers and the public. And so I think it's important to note there that that's for hourly wage nursing mothers. And then we have 24 states um, that have workplace accommodation laws protecting all women, both hourly and sourly women, um, their right to express her milk in the workplace. And again, other than a bathroom. So, so where the state law offers better protection than the federal law, the state law is enforced. And then we also have the Pregnancy Discrimination Act, um, which was uh, Act of 1978, which was passed by Congress to protect the working woman against discrimination on the basis of pregnancy, childbirth, or a related medical condition. And the pregnancy-related medical conditions were covered only up to the birth of the baby. Um, lactation was not considered a pregnancy-related condition at that time. It wasn't until the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit uh, ruled that biologically, that um, it was a biological fact that lactation is a physiological condition, condition distinct to women who have undergone pregnancy. And accordingly, they, um, under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Pregnancy Discrimination Act, um, said that firing a woman because she was lactating or expressing her milk was unlawful discrimination since a man couldn't be fired for the same reason. So I think that was huge because what what that did is that it set its... It allowed um, the lactation to now become a part of the ADA Amendment Act. And so what that did was that um, the Amendment Act for the ADA um, covers um, temporary disability. And so the um, American Disability Act Amendment Act Um, now can include pregnancy because uh, temporary disability was considered something over six months. And since pregnancy lasts nine months, it's now covered under the ADA. And Uh, since... 
uh, excuse me, uh, for for people who might not be aware or for those who are in countries other than, than the U.S., Joan is talking about the Americans with uh, Disabilities Act. And Joan, can I just jump in here and ask you, I can just see a gazillion women uh, coming out of their chairs and saying, but I'm not disabled. Uh, so so why do you favor this? Um I favor this because it's not that the pregnancy or the lactation is the disability. It's that the medical conditions related to those um, can cause the disability. So what I, what I mean is, um, you know, moms that have back pain or maybe gestational diabetes and have to go test their, their um, blood and give themselves insulin that, you know, the workplace would accommodate for that. And so what, what the American Disability Act states is that if you would uh, accommodate somebody else in the workplace that had back pain and just made similar, you know, small changes to accommodate them so they could continue to work, then you need to accommodate the pregnant mother or the lactating mother, um, um, so that they can continue uh, to, to work. So, Joan, it's not that they are defining pregnancy or lactation as a disability. It is that because you are pregnant or because you are lactating, you have a need to do something that somebody else might not have to do. So maybe for the guy with the back pain, it is buy him an ergonomic chair. For the woman who is lactating, it would be allow her to pump. Right, exactly. Am I following? Yes. And by providing that that mom the time and the space to express her milk, you are preventing illness in the mom and keeping her healthy so that she can be productive and work work effectively at her job. So it's to the the employer's benefit to, to provide that space. But what I think is really important with this is that because lactation is now a part of the ADA guidelines or can fall under that, the, the ADA um, has accessible guidelines. And what that um, means is that they, are, um, they, they have these standards so that if you um, have, in order for, say, a handicapped person in a wheelchair to get into the building, they need certain guidelines um, so that the space is wide enough for the wheelchair to get into or, you know, so, but they they have these accessible guidelines and there is a U.S. access board that makes these recommendations for these accessible guidelines. And they um, are a federal agency um, that promotes the equality for people with disabilities. And these, um, the people that are assigned to this board, there's 12 federal agencies that are involved in this, and, and two of them are really important. Um, one would be the health, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, mm-hmm. and the Department of Labor are included in those 12 federal agencies. But then there's al- also 13 private members that are appointed by the president for a four-year term. And I guess I just see that the stars are aligned with with all of this (laughs) going on, that it really gives us an opportunity to reach out to that access board and to let them know that we need lactation rooms to be a part of that accessible guideline. And and what that would do is it it, um, 
makes it um, a part of the building code so that lactation rooms just become the norm. And, and we're removing a lot of obstacles for that working mom. We're helping that employer um, who, who is supposed to be able, supposed to help that mom that works off-site to find a location, which can be challenging when they're not going to a place that they already have a relationship with. And so if we make these uh, lactation rooms a part of the accessible guidelines, it just, is, it, it just becomes a norm and it removes, it, it allows these moms to reach their breastfeeding goals and it becomes a non-issue then. Well, Joan, I'm thinking as I'm hearing you talk that airports are sort of neither fish nor fowl. Uh-huh. The, the woman who is perhaps traveling because of her job, she's not really on site with her job. She may have a very distinct plan for how she's going to be pumping when she gets to her off-site location, but the airport is neither on-site nor uh off-site in the sense of, you know, going to the next job. But it seems like in, what what the ADA would do is, correct me if I'm wrong, but this would take it out of the purview of the employer per se, or the employee situation or the employment situation. It would just be, if you build a building, you have to accommodate people that have this whatever. Right. In this exactly. case, the whatever would be the lactation. Similarly to, for example, uh, I don't know what the reg is on this, but certainly as I see new buildings going up, even things like churches, I see where you've got the ramps that will accommodate wheelchairs. Right. And so this would be not about the employment situation or even whether you got 50 employees or, or that, all of that would become irrelevant. Am I correct? Correct. It would just yeah. be a norm. It would be our yeah. cultural norm. And it would just really, I think, benefit our society because it, we have healthier babies. We have healthier moms. Um, it, it just makes it easier for that mom to reach that breastfeeding goal. And, and I know that you know, that we have moms initiating breastfeeding, but the huge obstacle is when they get out of that hospital and they're looking to their employer or the community for support so that they can reach that goal. And, and I think, you know, I, I look at these, these working moms that are trying to do so much. And, and I think yes. it's important to realize it's, it's the working mom that's separated from the baby that needs the lactation room. It's not the mom that has the baby with them because they can breastfeed anywhere, but it's that working mom that's separated from their baby that needs that pump um, to keep the, the pumping going. And if, if we have those lactation rooms in place, then, then it's, it's not a huge issue. It just becomes sure. as easy as, you know, anything else. Putting it, the it, wheelchair up the ramp. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't become a burden for that, that working mom to breastfeed. And, oh, Joan, what, what's going on on January 12th with the upcoming access uh, board? Uh, what's going on with that January 12th and how can any of us become involved in that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, that's they the board, um, the 
the uh, access board is uh, meeting on that day. And I think it would be great if we let them know that there's a huge need out there for these lactation rooms. And what we um, would like to be able to do is to send, send you, Marie, some, some letters that maybe you could post on your website um, sure. so that moms, um, employers, uh, lactation consultants, professional groups, HR groups could send to the U.S. Access Board and letting them know that this, this is something that needs to be included in those accessible guidelines. So it sounds to me like all of us have an opportunity to get involved. And Joan, will you help us with giving us some dot points that we should include, uh, a sample, something like that? Absolutely. We will be able to forward that to you and, and like fabulous. I said, be able to post it on your on your uh, website. Joan, and, you know, one of the things that people don't fully understand is that the more numbers really count. Um, can you give us just a, a quick understanding of why that's so important that people don't just leave it to the next person? I think, you know, it's well, numbers count because the the more they hear that there's a need, then that's going to really pique their interest. Yeah. And and I think on the other side, where numbers really count is that um, when they've uh, when they looked at um, how many women were in the workplace with a child under a year, we have fifty five point eight percent in the workplace wow. right now. Wow, we got to do so, something. So, I mean, that's a huge number right there. And so, there's a huge need for for lactation rooms to just be. Yes. Apart, you know, just just to be. Yes. So. Joan, we've only got about one minute left. Can you tell us a little bit about how we find you? How do we find your website? I know that that whole list of 100 airports, I actually found this several months ago. It's on your website. So tell us, how do we find your website? How do we find you? And uh, what can you do for other people that uh, I can't do from this radio show? <laughs> well, my um, website is www.limerickinc, and you need the ink after Limerick, otherwise you go to Ireland, so it's Limerick Inc., <laughs> <Okay. laughs> which isn't bad, but no, which isn't won't bad. help you. <laughs> and um, we do have a, a Facebook page, which is Limerick uh, PJ's Breast Pumps. And um, the other information that I thought I'd share with you, too, is the Access Board. So if you wanted to write directly to the Access Board, their website is www.access-board.gov. Okay. Uh, I think you've given us our homework on that for sure. Well, it has been a real thrill to talk with you today because you're a mountain of knowledge about how things really work, what the legislation is, and you've really helped us to understand how that survey has been enlightening. I think we all sort of knew those things, although maybe not to the degree that you found them, but we all knew that airports really need to do a lot more than what they're doing, and certainly your survey has been enormously important in helping us to solidify the information that we already sort of intuitively know. Uh, that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank Joan Ortiz from Limerick Incorporated for uh, coming on today. And uh, I will just quickly read that for you. It is, uh, I'm shuffling, you can hear me shuffling the papers. Spell that for us quick, jo uh, Joan, please. Sure. L-I-M-E-R-I-C-K-I-N-C dot com. Dot com. All righty. And I would like to invite you to 
visit her website, make sure that you write that letter that she's suggesting we need that from every single person. And I'd also like to invite parents to visit me at my website, imborntobebreastfed.com. And if you are a professional, I would like to suggest that you visit my professional site. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Just a little hint for you, if you're listening tonight, we're running a special on Black Friday. So you might want to hang around for that. Uh, Whether you are buying a live lactation course or continuing education. I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Uh, Again, I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I will help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.